Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. You can get 10% discount on your legal fees with Levi Solicitors at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hiya. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. A quick reminder, you can get all our podcasts ad-free with TSB Plus, our subscription package. That includes all these and early access to the match ball straight after the games, plus a podcast you can't get anywhere else, the extra ball, bonus weekly content for you. Included in TSB Plus, daily email, full digital sub, and you can find it all at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. We'll get into the bit that everybody enjoys now at the start of the podcast, which is where we take the piss out of opposition fans, particularly joyful when we when we win and, and they lose. Uh, before we get to that, quick reflections on what has been actually, when you factor in Everton and Crystal Palace, good performances across both of those games. In many ways, Everton, despite losing, a bit more enjoyable in a way. It was a better game. Palace were just so bad. In retrospect, we mentioned this briefly on the match ball and about losing 4-1 to them at Selhurst Park. And you were right that there was, you know, extenuating circumstances that they got deflection off Costa and the free kick that Mike shouldn't have been. bloody Dean. Exactly. But it, it's still annoying. We should have had six points off of those total losers. <laughs> They're awful. Just, I looked at the, um, the chance at the end for Jackie Harrison when he pinged it off the crossbar. Nathaniel Klein who, when I don't watch him play, I assume is a decent footballer, just lays the ball off to him. He's there right back and just rolls the ball to Harrison. He's like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. Fucking rubbish. And at least Everton, the result wasn't a good one, but there was some tension in the game and some excitement and two decent teams, they actually put up a, a fight. Whereas, I mean, if Palace had just gone home at half time, I don't think it would have made much difference. I was a bit shocked by how bad Palace were because they are a well-established Premier League team and I know they never do anything exciting but you kind of assume they'll at least be adequate at most things don't you but that was more like West Brom was the game yesterday they just seemed to be twatting it clear in the hope that somehow they might miraculously score from a set piece or something there was no attacking plan from them as far as I could see it was towards the end it was just bring on some more strikers and see if that helps but then the strikers they brought on weren't particularly good well it's Bizarre. I made a list in the match report of their attacking players who were all involved. They had Ayu, Mateta, Eze, Benteke, Batshuayi, Townsend, and then they've also got Zaha, if he was fit. But then behind them, Scott, Dan, and Gary Cahill. And it's like, of course, they're rubbish because they just keep bringing on more and more attackers with bigger and better reputations. 
but it's still just Scott Dan can't kick a ball in their direction without it going to a Leeds player first. So they're completely split apart as a team. I don't know if they've got some midfielders that were missing or, you know, some players that weren't available. Roy Hodgson, I don't think, filled his bench. But when you've got that many attacking substitutes and you can't fill, find like one decent midfielder to come on the bench, you might come on and link their defence to their attack. Just rubbish. They really were. I, I watched it um, last night after we did the match ball, went home and I watched it. It was mainly the goals and I sort of fast forwarded through the vast majority of the game, but you could get a sense from that just how many times they conceded possession to us. It was absolutely wild. Another thing I picked up on last night that we didn't mention on the match ball is their record without Zaha. They've lost something a lot. I think it's 17 out of 19 games they've played without Zaha across over over long last couple of seasons. They're terrible without him. They are almost the epitome of a one-man team. Well, listening to some of those players, the attackers, people like Benteke, Zaha is about the only one who you think will leave for a better club that's in that Palace team at the moment. Anyone else you think is probably going to be a sideways step at best from Someone like Townsend might get a move to... West Brom again. I don't know. Yeah, West <laughs> Brom again. Or might go to a, a push. He might end up like as a as a reserve at Everton if they decide they desperately need a winger. But he's not going to go anywhere great, is he? Whereas Rafinha is going to win the Champions League for us. I mean, Palace are a bit of a warning from the future for that Premier League stability. You don't want to be in that position where you're just buying those players on the on the downslope all the time. And I guess that's why the hope in Radrizzani and co talking about Leicester, who they will, it does mean selling somebody like Rafinha at some point, but at least it's for a hideous profit with the idea that we go and get some other kid. What is he, 21, 22 year old, 23 year old? Is he 24? He's 20, I think he's just either just turned 24. 25. He's 23 slash 24. Some other young up and coming uh, star from the, well, I don't know, Brexit means Victor Orta was saying it's going to be very difficult to sign players from other European leagues because of the point system that you get more points for coming off the bench for Real Madrid was his example than you do for playing 30 games in the Norwegian league so it's everything's going to need to settle down to as to where we get this talent from but at least we'll keep doing it and we won't just it'll be a lot of Therefore, fat ex-Chelsea players we should around. only go for internationals from major nations such as Rodrigo de Paul from Argentina does that sound alright to you? that sounds alright good and Robin Cock would probably be a, a good example I think if you compare us to Palace we have Robin Cock sitting in the wings waiting to get his fitness together. They've got Gary Cahill, who is 35 years old, and played his final game. <laughs> uh, just to look back on these two games, then the XG from the couple of games kind of reflects what happened, really. The Everton game was 1.44 to us and 1.8 to them. So they slightly out XG'd us. I don't know what that means. XG was wrong on that occasion. We should have drawn. What, we should have got about one and a half each, something like that? Yeah, they settled for that. <laughs> a one and a half all draw. But Palace, you can see our dominance here, 2.6 to 0.44 on the XG. So we were expected to win that, and we did. But we should have scored another 0.6 of a goal. I think that's Jackie Harrison hitting it off the bar. <laughs> or it's um, Pascal Stroik heading it every direction except into the goal. Bless him. Right, let's hear from the opposition fans then. Are we ready for Scouse accents? Are they Scouse accents, these clips? Uh, yes, both Scouse on this occasion. All right, so you've had your warning. Mind you, oh, we're going to talk about that foreshore thing a little bit later on, aren't we? Goodness me. There's quite a heavy dose of Scouse going to be sprinkled uh, across this podcast, so sorry in advance. Right, um, here we go then. So this is what, Royal Blue Heaven? It's a YouTube channel. He, right. did, he didn't have a lot to say, really. This was just the end of the game and his take on it, which I think is about fair. Fucking hell, boys. That was fucking close. Yeah, 2-1 for Everton. We just fucking scraped that, man. Like a car that they were twacking. And then Kieran Rance is next. And this is his... I'm so sorry. I apologise to anybody listening to Liverpool. I was 
completely fucking uncalled for. <laughs> Very good. I didn't mean to interrupt your um, heroin intake to hear a stereotypical joke. Ah, oh, dear me. About uh, car crime. Now stop it. So if you're listening to this on your way to the job centre, Liverpool, etc. Come on, let's get back on message. This is Kieran Rance who's reacting to that triple save then. I did cut this one short as well because he continued to say wow for a bit longer, but there's only so so much you can include in one clip. Oh, not him. No, come on, Godfrey. Go on. Get it out. Well done, Mina. We're keeping our structure. We just need a sub. We just need a sub. If we bring on a sub now, we'll do... Oh, save! Brilliant save! Brilliant save! Wow, 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 wow. That saves us then. Wow, what's he save? What's he save, lads? What's he save? Wow, 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 what's a save? Wow, what's a save from Olsen there? Wow, what's a save? What's a save? Wow, wow. Olsen is a, Olsen is a goat. You, he's just done a double save there. He's just done a triple save. Three, three saves and what? Wow, 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 wow. Triple save there. Oh, my, wow, wow. Do you remember when you used to have CDs and they'd occasionally stick? That's what he sounds like. That's what he th- Remember CDs, kids? Hey, hey, old stuff. And he um, did sound like he was about to launch into the yellow submarine at the start of it just to play up to the, the stereotype. They're never far away, are they? Well, I thought I thought he was going to launch into Kylie because uh, she did a song called Wow, didn't she? And that went wow, 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 wow. Or it could have been something by the Mighty Wah. Um, I'm too lazy. I'm Liverpool, too- so that reference works. I'm, I think the kids will probably know Kylie rather than whoever you just said. Uh, I'd like somebody to sample that because I'm too lazy to do it and mash it up with Kylie. Can you do that? Someone do it and send it in. We won't. We're lazy. Well, anyway, I was impressed with it. That's, yeah, I, I kind of got that. So really got that vibe. Uh, let's move on to the uh, the Palace game, who are probably not very happy. Some brilliant clips doing the rounds on social. Let's see some of them. Back of the Nest. Oh, we heard from Back of the Nest, didn't we, when they beat us down there and they were quite cocky about um, defeating Leeds. I think they've been on a bit of a bad run now and they keep conceding early goals. So this was their reaction to us scoring an early goal. Not nice three pitches it back to Leeds. Oh, oh, oh no. Clear no, no, clear no, no, no. Oh for Christ's sake. Already! Again! <laughs> oh my days! <sighs> Are you joking? Let's go again! Why can't we defend for the first five minutes of every fucking game? Like, oh my one nil leads. Jeez, mm. man. I know these things are kind of built around people shouting and getting very upset and there's a certain amount of acting involved. I do wonder if there's a market for the, the kind of the understated watch along that you just heard in the, the middle of that, because the guy who I assume it's, it's the moment the ball hits the net and you just hear him go, Oh Jesus Christ. I felt that much yeah. more than any yeah. of the kind of the jumping around shouting. Cause going we've, like, we've it, been, we've been there so many times. Third minute. It, it's bringing back that, um, Steve Evans versus Blackburn when they scored after, what was it, 17 seconds? You go, oh, for oh. F- <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't need any of the demonstration, the dancing about after that. That's that's where the real deep connection with a, a fellow football fan is. I almost now, you know, I, I'd love to, to, to change what happened so he didn't have to feel that way. When I was actually trying to find clips of the Everton game, I found a, a young lad who was an Everton fan who'd done a watch-along on it. But I'm not sure he's seen a watch-along before or knew what, one was because he just didn't speak it was just him <laughs> silently watching a game <laughs> a, liter- was, a literal watch along it was just him watching the telly because I was trying to find him saying anything and you know you sort of skip through a video so you click every yeah, like yeah. five minutes or whatever at no point was nothing, he speaking nothing I struggled to even find the goals at the end he kind of went 
yeah, we've won something. But it was like, oh, okay, just film yourself for two hours watching telly. Uh, but probably, anyway. probably still got more bloody listeners than uh, or viewers than this podcast. Oh dear, it's the future, kids. Uh, two nil goal. Then is this uh, is this good to listen to? Well, it was just. It, we've not had anyone hate Bamford for a while, have we? And it, he played for them, didn't he? So They were trashing him in the first game a bit, weren't they? Because they were mm. kind of saying, when he did the armpit goal, they were like, ah, that's that's ridiculous, but ah, fuck him, because it's Patrick Bamford. Got Dan beats up. Ah, uh, to nobody. He's through and goal. Ah, oh, Jesus, Rafinha. Oh, Jesus, Rafinha. Vicente, what a save. Ah, oh, too slow, man. Too slow, and he scores. It's happened, of course. It's happened. At all. It was, it was written. It was written that this guy is going to score against us. Patrick Bamford scores his 100th yeah. career goal against Palace. 2-0 leads. Too slow. Fucking shit defending. Come on. Oh, jeez, man. Sent a brilliant save from him, but Scott Dan is just too slow to get to him. Ah, oh, I'm watching again. Rafinha, nice shot. Gary Cahill just... Oh, it's just awful. <laughs> Oh, that was an enjoyable little pain. Ah, the pain of it. But as you know, as Moscow said, if you're going to have Scott Dan and Gary Cahill, you're not you, you can't really argue with them being slow, can you? But I've, I've included the clip as well of the Rafinha incident, we'll call it, when he did Cahill, because their reaction to it was much the same as ours. They just look much, much more assured. And we're, uh, we, you know, we're really struggling now, you know, to. Yeah, down on left hand side. Okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, my Cahill face. Getting ripped to bits. Oh no, man! K. Oh, this is why that was so so nearly. Why is he not I don't know. I don't know. You know, Roy. He's, oh he's my things! I just watched that again. Absolutely that, destroyed I'm him. A... That is so close to a penalty. You don't. Oh, jeez. Yellow card, <laughs> Riley. So you know, I have to say this, and I don't. I don't mean to be unfair to Gary Cahill, but I'd get him off at half time. Put Coyote on. Absolutely no, no point leaving KO on the pitch when this is happening. That's where you, you want a decisive manager. He's on a yellow card. He's going to get caught out. He seems to be a yard off the pace with everybody near him. So he, need, he, he just just need to get him off. That is kind of what we said. I mean, we said he'd, he'd been murdered and he immediately wanted him withdrawing as if he'd just, his leg had burst through the skin. He was just like, get, get him off. He's done. <laughs> That's it. It's over He's finished. He cannot, he cannot continue on this pitch. It is the shockwaves from that one back heel, the way they've gone around the world are quite fantastic. Jermaine Beckford appears to lead the way his video of it, where he's videoed it off his telly so that you can see his stockinged feet in front of the screen has had a million views. And there's one on um, Twitter that the square ball retweeted last night, which is, I don't know who these people are, but they're, uh, they could possibly be in Brazil watching the game on a stream and a little bit more civilised than a lot of them. They've got some very comfortable IKEA chairs and when that happens the look of shock on their faces they are looking at each other as if you know something terrible has happened on this screen and th there has to be an explanation for it wait for a replay what, what is this and um i feel that's kind of it's it's a moment that's unified the world i do hope they were speaking english because it was the english premier league after all you know how sensitive the consumers of the english premier league are in england i mean they're they're effectively inverse hipsters, aren't they? You know, the, the slagging off people get for trying to watch the Copa Libertadores. And here they are watching Leeds United versus Crystal Palace. I'm glad they enjoyed it. That was lovely. 
Really, really liked that. Uh, what about uh, some more of these cats from Crystal Palace? I was a little bit concerned about this lad. He was, I think I retweeted this from the Squareball account last night. Ed Star is on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, he's um, he's interesting, isn't he? I think this got there was the two nil goal. I think he's reacting to here. I get the feeling he's like this all the time though, so it's quite hard to tell. Got to feel sorry for his mum, who's evidently living under the same roof. Swear to God, this team just need to wake the fuck up, man. I mean, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Can this old wanker of dinosaurs just fuck off, man? I mean, I'm just fucking tired of this shit. I mean, fuck off, Roy. You're not good enough for this fucking club. Imagine Roy's face listening to that. Oh, well, well, he's entitled to his opinion. <laughs> his little head just drops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I get great support from the fans. Of- oh. <laughs> Why does he keep doing it? Why does he never learn? Do you know what I'm talking about? Me? <laughs> Moscow? Yourself? Neither of you. That Scottish fella that we have to keep talking to every week. What's he done now? Phil Hay. An article. Leeds aren't just fun. They're on track to be one of the best promoted teams. He's setting us up for a fall again, isn't he? One of the best promoted teams to be relegated <laughs> after a dis- disastrous second half to a season. I don't think you can even get odds on it now. Some of the bookies have not accepted uh, anything on, on that market. Wait till the points deduction kicks in. What are we getting those deducted for? I don't know. 49ers have been... I won't actually make any <laughs> allegations because I'm sure they've got good lawyers. They've done nothing wrong. It... <laughs> Point deduction for nothing. You can read what great guys the 49ers are over on The Athletic, by the way, where you can get a good cheap deal from us with our discount code. If you go through our URL, you'll get the very latest offer. Pound a month it is at the minute. Uh, via theathletic.com forward slash the square ball and you can catch up with everything Phil's been writing about our... Uh, bid to stay up, which pretty much looks secured now. So check all that out at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. It's a while since we've heard from him. Nice to hear those dulcet tones booming through the uh, the feed of the under 23s. It's not, though. It's not, is it? Yeah, and it's, it's not a while since we've heard from him. You hear from him all the fucking time. It's like he's still Leeds manager. Maybe we bring it on ourselves a little bit by seeking these things out, but he does talk a lot. Talking about uh, Colin Wanker here, aren't we? In fact, he was... Uh, he got that praise, didn't he, when um, the game with Rotherham was called off, so he did an hour press conference, just did a call with the local uh, the local jailers. Because they, they had no, with no game, they needed a quote. So uh, I gave him some of the some of my best material and some uh, some great short stories about uh, about what uh, Sharon's been up to in this lockdown. You, you won't believe what uh, what it can do. I tell you, it's, it's, I'm kind of glad to be living in Middlesbrough and she's down there in uh, down there back in Cornwall because yeah, I'd hate to be locked up with her. And we've even seen Paddy Kenny resurfacing and being hilarious and putting... I mean, that wasn't his body, was it? On that, that photoshopped meme. Christ, if, if it was no. his body, he's, he's been doing well since retirement. And it generally goes the other way. I mean, I've seen Paddy Kenny since retirement and I've seen Cad- Paddy Kenny when he was a Premier League footballer and he was not in that kind of shape. No. So, And that's when he was doing daily exercise. And at the minute, he's probably in the house eating every day, if he's anything like me. If It, it did speak volumes so that, I mean, this photo that claimed that um, Paddy Kenny had signed up at at Middlesbrough just to help Warnock out you look at it and go yeah that, that makes it sense it would make sense yeah, yeah. yeah because all the things that are funny there's a grain of truth in them let's talk about the under 23s because we beat them uh, up. Where, do, where do they play is it Smogland the name of their under 23s ground somewhere like that yeah it's the uh, ICI Sports Association wreck <laughs> I like that it's a wreck we were falling up at half time and cruising and, and another child who we should look out for in the future is Max Dean who scored first and Kenny was that because this is what's confusing about the whole thing, isn't it? That, that voice and the name of that child. It's what summoned the um, the dinosaur to the pitch. Oh, it's, pa- it's Paddy playing. 
Paddy's got a game for Leeds. Oh, who's this? And uh, little Joffy before his uh, his appearance on the bench against Crystal Palace got a couple. Looks like he's going to be dead good. Uh, hopefully we can steal that other child from Wigan. They kind of all do. <laughs> it's weird watching them. But, I mean, I know it's not the top league. We're in like the second division of the tier one academies, aren't we? But, not so we're for not, long. Well, we are, we are going to go up because I think this puts us like 12 points clear or something at the top. And we have been a lot better than every team I've seen us play in this league. So it'll be interesting to see how we fare against Man City and Scum and Liverpool and all that lot next year. But it all looks very promising. And Somerville all of a sudden looks brilliant. So earlier in the season, he was playing games and... Given we there was a bit of hype around signing, wasn't there? And he has played at a, seven figures we paid out for him as well. So you, there's a certain amount of expectation there. We're like with drama, yeah. And, and, uh, and when he has played Joffe. in proper man's football before, you kind of expect him to be better than that. And then all of a sudden, the last few weeks, he looks brilliant. He looks like a kind of Raheem Sterling character, just absolutely taking the piss of people. So it's all looking quite good. Excellent. Yeah, three three assists. I mean, that's good. But he wasn't the star of the show, was he? Though Moscow. Consistent, referee. Don't give them all day, man. Presumably they were four nil down at that point as well, so it really doesn't matter. But you're never going to get that into Warnock's skull. I feel just let it go. It's an under twenty threes match. You're four nil down after half an hour, yelling at the referee. It, and it's about the development of young players, isn't it? That's the the whole point of these matches. It's not about Neil Warnock striding around the touchline, effing and jeffing about what the referee is or isn't doing. But you know, he needs to build relationships with these young players that are coming through, so so they can get maybe get some appearances from the bench um, or whatever with the first team stuff like that. You know, just it's about linking the first team with the youngsters, isn't it? And and creating that pathway to the first team. Find an early scapegoat. That's what you need to find. <laughs> Who who's the next Tom Lee's in this team? <laughs> Or Zach Thompson, for that matter. Yes, he's another one. What's wrong with your fucking head and all that? But, I mean, I do feel a bit sorry for their under-23s manager because, I mean, I don't know what style of play they normally have, but for most young age groups now, they try and play decent football, don't they? And then to have Warnock turning up and probably saying, I don't want to... Lads, three passes, lads. Get lads, it forward. Get it forward, What lads. are you doing? Fannying with it. Get it forward. It must, it must be quite annoying to have that in your day job that someone just wades into now and then because... I don't imagine Warnock's that involved with it generally. And then he does turn up and he starts yelling from the sidelines. Their under-23s manager is Craig Little. Not from my dim memory of his playing career, a particular... Craig who, sorry? Little. Is he related to the supermarket empire? Uh, no, he's got a few more letters in his name. His 271 games for Darlington, 25 for Middlesbrough before that. I'm not sure he necessarily is a, a paragon of... Slick attacking football. Well, we've got Mark Jackson as our manager, and this if, if you remember his playing career, it wasn't particularly dynamic box to box midfielder. I remember <laughs> the, it was uh, quite it was quite one paced, wasn't it? His <laughs> game, as I remember. Little um, has had five managerial jobs in the past: Darlington caretaker, Darlington caretaker, Darlington caretaker, and Darlington caretaker. Then Middlesbrough caretaker after they sacked Gary Monk. Does it mean caretaker manager or actual caretaker, like with the keys, like at a school, walking around with a broom? No? Okay. Let's move on. Berardi's back in training as of this week, which is good news. That is good. I hope we get to see him again before the end of the season. I know he was. there's always been doubts about him, but I think he's he deserves a chance to play in the Premier League at least once, doesn't he? Name a Leeds United player about whom there were not doubts coming into the Premier League season. Every single one of them who had doubts. Melier's a kid. Stuart Dallas is a, a labourer. 
Patrick, well, Patrick Bamford was always going to be one of the top scorers in the Premier League, so I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, apart from Patrick Bamford. But I think that surrounded everybody. So there's absolutely no reason why Brady can't play in our defence and do exactly the same as all the others have. Yeah, it would be nice to see him, even if it's just a cameo from the bench, a chance to say goodbye. A bit like this similar sort of narrative attached to Pablo, isn't there? We just want to bookend the promotion era, if you like, because we haven't quite closed the door on it yet, have we? Because we've got a load of the players who are at the core of the first team. Can say bye to Brady as Jack Grealish says goodbye to his knees. <laughs> this is it. I don't want. Oh, what a way to go out that would be. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say, if at any point you are gonna, and, and you know your career is going to basically finish in this country, why not take one for the team? I was going to say it doesn't need to be uh, sentimental, and it can involve Grealish's early demise. Just stick him in the team and let him just set him about. I'm just imagining Premier League attackers. A 4K super slow mo picture of it. You know, he does that thing when he goes down, like, you know, he got hit in the face with the ball, which was very funny, by the way. And his arms sort of both swing back slightly out of tandem, oh, like that. And his hair flops beautifully, like, whoa, Timothy advert um, in super slow mo. That, but Berardi at knee height, both of them. Make it happen. But with the way our defenders have been dropping all season and have had injuries and Pascal Stroik were asking a lot of him. There is not a lot to be said against the idea that Berardi could get a run of 10 games if we need him. It has, if Liam Cooper goes down, it's good that we would actually have a fit Berardi. I think he could be an asset this season rather than just a, you know, somebody that we kind of patronise onto the pitch <laughs> and give him a, well done, go and have a little run in the Premier That's League. It. You're, you're playing, what is it, West Brom at home on the last yeah. game of the season. I don't get the feeling that he's worked his way back from this ACL injury by the end of January which I don't know what the schedule is but it feels ahead of schedule when there was doubts about whether we would play at all be ready at all for this season just to like run on and, and wave to the crowd I think he um, I think he wants to play and fuck Robin Cock <laughs> in his mind who the fuck is he turn up 15 million you, been, you weren't here in 2014 Johnny come lately coached by Dave Hockaday um, <laughs> I think and, and even you know, if that doesn't come to pass, even if he's just um, helping the under-23s, it's got to be more helpful to have Gitano Berardi um, on the pitch with the young players than, it's, than having fucking Neil Warnock. And I don't know why I'm suddenly lashing into Craig Little. <laughs> Never heard of him before <laughs> today. Now I hate him. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. And the luxury of basically having secured our position in the Premier League is there's no pressure on him. He can just feel his way back into it over a couple of games if needs be. And even if it is just a few cameos or you know, booting somebody from West Brom as they are confirmed relegated, then that's fine. It's it all fine. works out very well. I know um, Bielsa likes his small squad and not to have too many players around for each position and Berardi being fit just kind of, it makes it, you know, there's an extra body at the back that Bielsa doesn't want. But I think the the risk that Bielsa sees in that way, you're going to have somebody around who's unhappy or, you know, complaining about not being in the team. It doesn't apply to Berardi. He's just a good person to have at a football club at this stage, which, you know, when we talk about people changing perceptions of themselves 2014 when he two-footed an accident Stanley player in the face it's, he it's, wouldn't be saying he's the kind of mature fellow that we need around this football club to help the transition to the Premier League it's nice to know he's got that in him though it is nice to know he's got that in him in, but it's in the same way that they've all gone on this journey and progressed it's been wonderful in fact we'll get on to Ivra's past we'll talk about Chilino in a second before we get on to that we did promise some scouts but before that injuries quick look through the list actually it goes to show how well we've done this season because Pablo's obviously got this muscle injury, uh, unspecified muscle. Then we've got Calvin who picked up that knock. Calf injury, though we're not sure quite how bad that is. And Rodrigo, well, Bielsa obviously delving right into the specifics. What did he say? 
I saw a picture of the position of both of his feet ended up in, and the difference between them was different to what we would expect. <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, Cock and Urente are still some weeks away, aren't they? Calvin has tweeted this afternoon, it's Tuesday, about his 200th appearance and Patrick's 100th goal. And then he says, now preparing for next Sunday's match, which is one of those vague things, because to me, next Sunday would be a week on Sunday. But we're not playing a week on Sunday, so unless there's an under-23s game that he's getting ready for, or he's leaving and he's going to a different football club <laughs> who have a game that Sunday. Maybe it's a church team. We play in the afternoons, they go to church in the morning, pray, worship, and then in the afternoon they have a, a match against uh, some Jesuits. <laughs> but we are playing... Jesuits. <laughs> Don't know why. Um, we're playing Arsenal this coming Sunday yeah. at half past four. The, so ne- the next game. That's what he, yeah. But yeah, next right. Sunday's. Yeah. Let's match. Not, if you just said the next match. Semantics, I don't care. But uh, he thinks he'll be ready for it. Good. Um, we'll see if it, I, think, I think that's a good thing. I want him to play. If his calf proves him right or if it proves to be fatted. Um, just to <laughs> go through the rest of them, I was going to say Cockney Rentes the week to where Pervade has been in a uh, leg up on the couch, hasn't he? Because he got injured in the under 23s. Uh, Adam Forshaw, weeks, not months, etc. What did he say though? He was on that Scouse podcast, which was very Scousey. It was impenetrable, but no idea. I listened to the whole thing. I'm, I'm none the wiser. And it's called. Did you have to get a VPN to to get that? <laughs> does it say Liverpool, not England, when you connect it? It does. Yes. Yeah. It's called Conversations with the Pope. Not to be confused with Adam Pope, who is an Evertonian and therefore has roots in Liverpool. Different Pope. Yeah, they seem to be friends with Forshaw from olden days. So it's three Scouse mates talking and it's difficult it's a hard listen especially <laughs> when they go when they got around to golf trips and who was organizing them like the sheer when you just hear the words golf and lad being repeated over and over again it's like um one of those like early animation machines where they just put a picture of a like a drawing of a horse that spins around and yeah. you see it flickering in front of your you eyes through the little slits as it spins yeah, 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 yeah. golf lad golf lad golf lad golf lad <laughs> golf lad golf lad golf lad golf lad Golf lad. And in the midst of it all, Forshaw said that um, he said that the club will probably want to do an exclusive on it when it's formally announced, but he is hoping to be able to play before the end of the season. He'd said he'd just... This, this season? Yeah, this season that he'd just been to see um, a specialist in London and he'd just come back from that and he wasn't, he wasn't giving too much away, but he was saying he's still hopeful of being able to play this season and then insisting, you know, he's got a good five or six years left in him after that. And to be fair, I mean, we always joke about Forshaw, and I think it was a bit unfair when um, he said this, and it, the kind of the news from this broke on whatever it was Friday night, and then the next day, Bielsa, all he had to say was, Berardi will be back in training. And suddenly there's fireworks across Yorkshire, and they're celebrating across the land, whereas Forshaw's just like, I'm coming back as well. Nah, nobody, nobody fucking cares. Adam. They'll, they'll be, they'll be... Nobody cares, and nobody believes you. Are the two <laughs> real problems that Adam Forshaw has to overcome but he was talking on the, the podcast that it is, you know, to be out for... I was going to say it's mad because he will uh, probably come back after fans are back in the stadiums to all intents and purposes. If... Like he's missed nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he fell asleep been in up October. Been too much, lads. He'd been doing much last, this last year, lads? Nah. But yeah. to, he was saying it is. it has been very difficult and like because he, he loves football, lives and breathes it and having to get used to the fact that he, he can't play, he's had to make big adjustments and kind of make sure he's not taking his frustration out on his family, that he's not difficult to be around and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, who knows what kind of player Forshaw will come back as. And there's, there's no real technical reason why he cannot be the player he was, but that's going to be his next 
big challenge, but he reckons he can do it. And I'm not about to tell him he can't because he'd probably reply in pure scout and it'd take fucking hours. <laughs> the idea that he's not allowed to talk about it because the club wants to do an exclusive on him. Yeah, I, I think that's just the, e- ease him back in as sounds, quietly as sounds possible. like the sort of thing you'd, you'd tell a dog on the way to the vets. <laughs> when you're oh, ra- rattling, you, rattling his lead. Going somewhere nice, don't you worry. Just stroke his head. There's a camera crew just inside that door, just walk in there, yes, the, the, the nice men with the with the needles. Just a big sleep first. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's grim. Uh, right, not quite as grim as Era's past. Yeah, what about um, Chilino? Two things on Chilino. Number one, should we, should we start with, with Pep or do Massimo himself? I think Pep first, and then we'll just reveal what he's actually walking into. Okay, very nice. Massimo Chilino. Uh, is the owner of Brescia. Uh, the manager of Brescia is now Pep Clotet. Why? Why, why, why? Why Why has Pep done this? Because everyone gets a turn eventually, don't they? That's, the, that's so. the thing when you... Anyone who's ever met. Hey, I like this guy. Nigel Gibbs. <laughs> you <laughs> come back. It's probably who he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah, he does do this. I mean, to give an indication of how mad it is, they got relegated last year, didn't they? And now they're 14th in the second division. They've played 21 games and they Pep Clasette is their fifth manager. Has he sold Mario Balotelli yet? I don't know, actually. That they, was part of the they whole... They fell out, didn't they? Yeah. Surely not. Well, yeah, there was... Um... I desperately hope, by the way, just while you're looking whatever you're looking up, Moscow, that they finish 15th in Serie B. That feels somehow appropriate, doesn't it, for the Chilino era? Um, and, and at a time when, you know, Leeds United in the last couple of weeks has been scaling up its ambitions. We're talking about, you know, 50 million being invested... Uh, by the 49ers and stadium expansion and now we're almost securing the Premier League and it's nice to be able to look back on this era and think wow that was a bit of a hoot for for a while wasn't it Balotelli has now moved on to Monza the racing circuit he's just um, driving round and round it in a, in a circle <laughs> well the other news about Cellino is that do you remember now this is going to go back and this will get us uh, knee deep back in the weeds for all those arguments that went on about his eligibility to be a club owner under the uh, the owners and directors test, because he was always up to, should we say shenanigans, was Chilino. Anyway, uh, thanks to Violet Whites for the update on this one. He said, Chilino, you'll remember, was acquitted of the, is it the IS or IS Arena's embezzlement thing? It was that new stadium that was getting built and he was, uh, he was charged with embezzlement and he got acquitted from that, but he was sentenced to two years for environmental offences. Did he do a Ross McCormack? Did he fly tipping? I feel like it was probably a a wee bit more serious than that, but I don't want to comment on an ongoing legal process. So anyway, Massimo Cellino is appealing, but then so is the prosecutor. Sexually? Sexually appealing. Yeah, so the two two good-looking lads arguing in court. How do you both appeal? Doesn't someone win and then the person who loses appeals? I think it it goes both ways. So he's appealing against the initial sentence, but the prosecutor is uh, basically appealing, saying it wasn't harsh enough. It, who appealed too, first? It's too, I don't know. I'd let them I, win. I don't know who's the Say most. You, it's a race. Who can get the paperwork in here? Or maybe it's who's most appealing. Yeah, maybe I, it I is was, just down to how attractive they are. I was going to say, I don't know who's most appealing. Let's just leave them to it to figure it out. Anyway, the prosecutor wants him to go down for four and a half years and there is going to be a retrial about the whole thing. So That's good news. I'm very, very glad that there's going to be another trial about yeah. this. <laughs> because I think if there wasn't a trial involving Massimo Cellino and the Arena's case, I'd feel like there was something missing from the world. It was going on while he was here. It's still going And they keep coming to this point of like, right, here's a decision and a verdict and a sentence. And then suddenly everybody's rushing in with the hair all done saying, oh no, but you haven't seen how appealing I am now. 
and it starts again. And if it ever stops, I don't know what we'll do. I just hope it doesn't end up with Pep Clotet in jail. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a nice feeling being above Arsenal as it stands at the minute and going into a game against Arsenal despite our utterly hideous record in London. Confident that we might get something out of this because they're not great and we are. We definitely own one. I feel like the game we drew at Ellen Road we should have won. The cup game down there we deserved at least a draw from. So let's just batter them because they're not that good. Although they do have David Luiz back which is some news. Good news, bad news, hard to say. He's always got, he's always got one in him, hasn't he? I think it helps us. And I think it would be great to end the uh, London curse at Highbury rather than Loftus Road or somewhere like that. And it's a proper Super Sunday for once, actually, because the Sky Super Sunday games like Liverpool-Man United was terrible, wasn't it? Absolutely bloody terrible. Arsenal versus Leeds United, and they'll be attacking football on display from us at least anyway. It's going to get Neville and Carragher properly squealing, and that's what we all want, isn't it? <laughs> And we'll have our blue and green kit on, which I'm looking forward to seeing again. And we haven't had it, have it on for a bit, have we? Is that confirmed? It hasn't. We wore the sky blue last time, didn't we? It hasn't been confirmed, but you're not going to wear maroon against the team in red who have got a lot of white on their kit. It's, it's going to be mm. a blue and green day. Okay. I'm, I believe you. I'm up for that, yeah. And yeah, it's it'll be good. So we'll get to see Yaboa rattling the back of their net. At the clock end, maybe. John Pemberton shutting them out at the back, just like he did with PSV. Not so much. Um, yeah, they had a little unblip because they've been pretty crap for most of the season, Arsenal, but then they won a few games, but they've gone bad again now, which I like. I mean, it did look at one point like they might go down, which was hilarious, but they they got out of that, didn't they? Which is, I guess, fair enough. They are Arsenal after all. They can't be they can't be messing around with relegation places. But They'd they... only cheat their way back into the Premier League anyway, which is <laughs> how they got into the first division in the first place. But yeah, I mean, they're not very good. Just looking at, at some of their players now. I In times gone past, I would have wanted all of Arsenal players in our team. Now I look at them and I think... You're all right. We'll stick with what we've got. Thank you very much. And maybe, I'm, I'm aware that Aubameyang is probably a better striker than Patrick Bamford deep down, but would he do as well for us? Probably not. We really needed to sign Party when we still had Rodolf Austin so we could put them together in midfield. Otherwise, no point. But in Arsenal, you see a club that is less than the sum of its parts and in the lead squad, you see you know, a team that is far greater than the, the sum of its parts. And there'll be an interesting clash in that regard. Does Arteta know what he's doing? I don't think he does, does he? It doesn't seem like he does. I think he's 
because he's got such immaculate hair and he played for Arsenal and worked under Guardiola, people kind of are thinking he will eventually work it out. But there's not been an awful lot of evidence of it so far, I don't think. Do you think there's a there's a chance, and I'm, I am completely pulling this from the top of my head right now, that Lampard ends up there? Because he was at Man City. I don't know if he's worked with Pep Guardiola, but he did the New York City thing as well. So he would have crossed over with Patrick Vieira. And it feels like they did that kind of like a really bad idea of continuity if they ended up getting rid of Arteta or going, well, Lampard, you know, similar kind of... They'd be furious. And I love that idea. Yeah, it's just, I'm finding it difficult to articulate because it's literally mean, just but, occurred to me. I yeah. could, even, I can just imagine that happening and the, and the board going, no, no, no. We know that Arsenal fans TV, their studios are burning because of this, but this is the right decision and we're making it despite what the fans think. And a manager with and Premier, com- a Premier League experience. Completely the wrong decision as well. It would be an absolute disaster if they put Lampard in charge. Give it to Mourinho. <laughs> Do you think he'd, uh, he'd take that? Of course he would. Working his way around he'd, ab- the he'd, he'd absolutely love it. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, Arsenal? They're in a moment almost of, of identity crisis because that is not beyond the pale, that ha- actually happening. It's, it's just as likely as anything else, isn't it? I don't really know what they're for anymore. They've kind of wanted rid of all their managers for about the past decade now, haven't they? Whoever it's been, they've been like, oh, she gets one better. And then they'd maybe they change them and they don't get any better. And it is, it is a bit of a warning from the future, though, post-Bielsa, isn't it? They do seem, they seem to exist less as a football team and more Arsenal fans TV. I feel like I know more about AFTV than I know about the actual Arsenal team. And they seem to have like a more consistent kind of defined character and presence in the world than the actual football team they support, which... I mean, that can't be And it's be not right. a particularly good one. No, it's not. And I think it's interesting that they seem to be building their entire season and renaissance around Emile Smith-Rowe, who obviously is a, is a Leeds hero, but he's a Leeds hero because this time last year he was playing for Huddersfield and now he's playing for Arsenal like, well, this is what, everything's going to be fine now. We'll, we'll win the Champions League in three years because we got this kid back on loan from Huddersfield. And that's when you're spending the amount of money that Arsenal are always spending badly. It's good to have a productive youth system, but you can't sort of just go, well, it doesn't matter that these players that we signed for £50 million are all shit because that kid that we we sent to Huddersfield so that he could learn from... Who was Huddersfield's manager last season? There's a test, isn't it? Neil Warnock? Oh, it was the fucking... It uh, It was the Cowley twins, wasn't it? So the Cowley twins have done a better job of preparing a player for the Arsenal first team than their actual transfer policy. And that can't, again, that can't be right. This can't be, I feel like I'm getting into Arsenal fans TV territory. <laughs> I'm more angry. Maybe this is why that is such an angry you're right, YouTube though. channel. You're because right. as soon as you start thinking of Arsenal, you're just like, what the fuck are they actually yeah, doing? I'm just, I'm just going to agree with you again, which I don't like, but I, I don't understand Arsenal anymore. William. I mean, they've got some really good players there. Fuck though. off. But they have got some really good players there. And Pepe's a, you know, a, a Bielsa pupil, isn't he? There's some really good players, some bloody expensive players. But Arsenal, maybe it's Arteta, just don't make sense to me. I mean, I'm sure, you know, look, it's going to be a difficult game. Let's make no mistake about it. But we go into this with a really good chance of winning. And I, I fancy us not to lose this game, be it a draw or a win. There's a lot to take from their characteristics on whoscored.com about what we'll face. They are their style of play is that they attempt through balls often their strength they're very strong at creating chances using through balls but then they are weak at finishing scoring chances so they'll just keep passing 
at Cooper and Stroik. But it won't matter whether the ball goes past them or not. It's um, basically irrelevant. Short passes, yeah. Possession football, yeah. Interesting one there is attacking down the left, but they're coming up against Ailing and Rafa. And so, game Ailing, over, of course, with uh, plenty, plenty to prove against his former club. And opponents play aggressively against them, probably because they just get wound up as well, just wandering around the pitch. Going, fucking Willian, you're supposed to be fucking good. Be better. Go on, then. what do you reckon to this one? Let's win. Why not? Shackles are off now. We can calm down a bit, can't we, about relegation, the way results have gone in the last few weeks. Let's just go and win 3-0. Whereas it does feel like they are having a perpetual crisis at Arsenal. And we, we're not, we're fine. And it's about time we profited from that, so we will beat them. Score? 3-0 leads, which I think is the boldest prediction I've ever made. Jesus Christ. Been on the crystal meth this morning. I feel like I always have to be on the bolder side of you, so I'm going to go 6. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't actually think that's unlikely. Load of rubbish. As we continue to see week after week, that bloody Premier League, piece of piss in it for us. Absolutely no surprises that we've got promoted and we're stable in mid-table without so much as, well, we're not on, it's not maximum effort, is it? We're just uh, on cruise control at the minute, fixing the whole thing. Let's not call it mid-table. Let's say we're one of the, the 10 best sides in the country. World. In, in the world, yeah. Why not? So the Premier League has a problem on its hands, really. It needs fixing, and we are here to fix it, as we've already started doing, but we're accelerating the process for them by identifying what is wrong with the Premier League this week. Well, Mike Dean is a bit of a problem with it, but... Right, good. Section <laughs> finished. Move on to the next bit. What, what What's your solution to the problem of Mike Dean? Well, by all means... Have you been threatening his family? No, I was going to say, by all means, call him a wanker. That's a long-held tradition that I cherish about English football is the, that we do that. But don't threaten to kill his family. That's too much, isn't it? He only sent a man off by accident. And I know he's Again. A, and I know he's quite annoying and he's theatrical and stuff. Do you remember in the old days you could just hate David Ellery during 90 minutes? That was better, wasn't it? You could just yell stuff at him at the ground and then you went home and because you didn't have an easy way to get in touch with him. Jeff Winter. Jeff Winter, dreadful person. <laughs> <laughs> the correct way to deal with a referee's family is to accuse his parents of not being married when he was born. Correct. That's how you do it. Make fun of his hair. Say he's fat. One of these things. Fat, bald bastard. That was a good... That Mike Reed used to get that. Good, proper, old-fashioned referee abuse. Well, you need somebody, perhaps on the elderly side, in the stands, to be taking off his glasses and waving them at the referee. <laughs> you need these! You want these, ref! I do struggle with the concept of Mike Dean. I, I hate the idea of refs appearing to seek the limelight. And he did it a bit when Tranmere were promoted as well, didn't he? He made sure he was kind of visible, stood on a, stood on a barrier, didn't he? And he's, he's very needy, isn't he? Which is annoying. But There are ways of getting people out of the limelight that don't involve sending them into their homes with possibly a police guard because they're worried about their lives and that of their families. There's probably, I think there's a, there's a few stages you can go through before it needs... Well, it doesn't need to get to that point. You can just say... Mike Dean, fuck off. And if he doesn't, I mean, he's not going to, but it, it might make you feel better. And I don't know how much more better you need to feel once you, you've sung a song about a referee that is a wanker and you feel a bit better about things. I don't know then how much better you would feel if you'd sent a death threat to his family. <laughs> like it's, it's the old thing, the 80-20 uh, the rule, where the, um, you, you get 80% of the benefits from the first thing like 20% of the exercise and then the rest of the exercise that you do is only about getting that extra 20%. So the extra 20% of feeling great that you might get from 
threatening to kill somebody's family. You maybe just need to learn to live with that and just be satisfied with that first adrenaline rush from just calling him a wanker. There is one genuine solution that I'm going to put forward, and it's a sincere one. Mic up the referees. Make them accountable. And, and the players. Yeah, yeah. well, if you mic'd up the refs, you'd then hear the players, yeah. wouldn't you? You, but you, get... might, or you might also get Mike Dean trying to incorporate songs and things into his <laughs> performance, which would be, make things worse, I think. But yeah, you are right. It, it, does need, it would make people more accountable if you can hear referees talking through their decisions and then also hear someone at the other end going, of course don't fucking send him off. Why would you want to do that? Mike, watch it again and keep watching it until you're not going to send him off. And that would that would have fixed it, wouldn't it? But, was it was it twenty three times he watched that um, that sending off against was it West Ham Fulham? Yeah, I mean, also while we're talking about things that are wrong, I mean, he would have been helped by Mitrovic, who by the end was saying don't send him off, but it did also then roll around for absolutely ages, holding his face as if as if he had been attacked, which probably did confuse Matt. As if Mitrovic had just gone, oh bloody hell, and stayed on his feet and gone, you seem to elbow me in the face there by accident. It's once, oh sorry, I, I didn't mean to do it, and then they, that's fine, isn't it? He probably would have watched that and gone, oh yeah, it looks like an accident. But because Mitrovic went down as if someone had tear gassed him, <laughs> it did make things more complicated. But it does suggest that the whole VAR thing, it kind of comes back to that as well, because I don't think one of the upshots, one of the results of right, we'll get technology in, there'll be clarity about decisions, standards will improve, everybody will understand what's happening, and then people will start threatening to kill referees. I don't think that was part of the whole roadmap. So it sort of suggests that maybe VAR isn't having the the desired effect either. Or maybe it's just that people have gone completely fucking mad. Do we just threaten to hurt referees? Is that maybe a better step? Just shout at them. I mean, we are presupposing that we're allowed in stadiums at this point. I think that's, that's one of the problems. But the whole just, you know, tweet abuse at people is much too fucking easy. But yeah, just shouting at them should be fine. It was better when you heard about bad refereeing performances from hearsay as well, you know, because you didn't get to see every game. You'd go the, into... The band. <laughs> That's the they, one, yeah. Did they do an album called David Ellery's <laughs> A Wanker by Here, Asterisk Say? I'm trying to think of any of the members of hearsay. Um, one was called Noel. Uh, I, I can't think of it. I can't Suzanne? Think of it. Oh, yeah. Suzanne Shaw, wasn't it? Yeah, and the other one who's on the radio now, Mylene Class, she was there. God. Super group, really. Yeah. But yeah, but Danny, you, Danny. You used yeah, to hear Danny about... Foster. And we're neglecting Kim Marsh. Of course, of course. Kim. Yeah, it was ended up with the best career, yeah. And um, Noel... We mentioned Noel. Did Noel... Noel well, Hunt. Johnny Shentel. He's the one that's lacking here. And he was a former member of Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But no, you, you would just hear of a bad refereeing performance, wouldn't you? On something from You'd read in the square ball that Gerald Ashby had given two penalties he shouldn't have done, and he was a prick. When mm. you'd go, okay, he's a prick then. I believe that. But that'd be the end of it. You're right. Simpler times. Pure and simpler times. Get your will sorted. That is the message as we head into 2021. Not something that people talk about very, very often, but Levi solicitors who are here on board with the podcast would like you to get it sorted and you can get a discount on yours as well. So, so important. If you own property and you have family, you've got kids, it means that everything is taken care of if the worst does happen. Get your affairs in order, but also secure 10% discount on your legal fees, wills included. And they've got a whole range of services as well, such as lasting power of attorney, which is very closely allied to uh, to wills. And um, get your future sorted. 10% discount. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Moscow, we've got some breaking news. <laughs> and it taps back into what we were talking about. Um, yeah, hearsay. And it, first of all, correct myself, it wasn't an asterisk in their name. Um, as if they were a bad baseball season. It's some kind of apostrophe thing. I don't know much about 
writing and that, but it's it's here, apostrophe, capital S, say. But they announced their split in October 2002, ironically, given what we were talking about, citing abuse from the public as the main reason for their demise. And now here we are nearly 20 years later, and we haven't learned a fucking thing. <laughs> We've not benefited from 20 years of music, <laughs> from hearsay. And we've. Uh... Although it was Coronation Street's game, you could say. Were you a Liberty X man? Um, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I was trying to remember a single thing about them. No. What was their first single? Who, Liberty X? Mm. Well, back in my former life as a DJ, I used to play um, play this one just a little. Oh, of course. No, that was a good tune. I banged the mic. That was a good tune. Yeah, it's coming back to me now because they did the mashup of Ain't Nobody Was Being Boiled. It was all the Richard X stuff, wasn't it? With ah, yes. X. They were- Je- Jessica Taylor, Kelly Young, Kevin Sim, Michelle Heaton, and Tony London. Which one of them was in hearsay? <laughs> Fucking none of them. <laughs> right, let's crack on, please. Heroes and villains. Jesus Christ. Uh, villains. Are we putting hearsay as villains? Well, what's the link between them and Liberty X? Well, Oh, right, of course, because it was pop stars. Liberty X yeah. were the losers, and hearsay were the winners, but Liberty X had 10 consecutive... Top 20 singles, did that, the Being Boiled Human League thing. We, we know you come to the Squareball podcast for all your reality TV music, two, fa- two decades old hot chat. I'm fairly sure Christ. I have a VHS cassette of the first series of pop stars that was like a, a special extra edition that was given away with smash hits. I think I've still got it. So I need to go and refresh my memory, clearly. Great stuff. Right, Heroes and Villains, then the Ken Bates Villainy Award uh, up first. Somebody who's uh, done bad things this week. Who is it? Liverpool. I mean, that Adam Forshaw podcast wasn't that bad. Well, we've had too much of the scouters on this, haven't we? But um, they're looking at Rafinha, according to press tittle-tattle. And one blogger suggested that the price would be in the region of £15 million. For which toe? Are they looking at him like an unlocked car door? One of the the good things is that we think that Liverpool are probably quite skint and couldn't afford him because they've spent all the money on Jota and he's got to come back from injury. Who could afford him, realistically? He's worth... A billion pounds. We at have least. we have bought him at the right time. Yeah, with all yeah. everything is up in the air with the, the Brexit changes and who who can come and who can't on the the points based system and then all the the money falling out of football. So to get him for that price at that time, um, I'm, I'm not sure how many more will follow of his standard. But if they do follow, leads. Who else? Pat Bamford for trying to sell him yesterday after the after the game. He was kind of saying, "I'm surprised bigger clubs weren't in for him. I mean, more established clubs." Yeah, naughty. And, and that foul mouth rant, are we calling it a foul mouth rant when he said bloody on Sky Sports? That was very upsetting. Which we, we picked up on in the uh, in the match ball. Was, uh, re- I mean, I've got children and... Well, one of them had to go back to hospital after seeing this, hasn't he? Yeah. It damaged his ears. Yeah, foul mouth rant. Disgusting. Sick of it, Bamford. Just sort your act out. That's all we're going to say. Your goals won't make up for your potty mouth. Pascal Stroik's goals, they might make up for something if he actually scored any. I like how we're turning on the players at the end of what has been basically quite a good week. That's been a really good week. <laughs> well, it could have been 4 0. That would have been even better. I mean, the second one, no, it should have been scored. He should have scored the fucking lot of them. And the third one, just he should have got another chance from somewhere. If he'd scored those two, he would have then had the confidence to go on and get a third. I think he would have dribbled out of defence like Ben White and shot into the, the roof of the net. So we were denied a Pascal Stroik hat trick and a 5 0 win just because he can't head the ball straight. And are we nominating Warnock for opening his mouth? This was just, it needs to be included somewhere. It's like nominating the sky for being blue, isn't it? 
just because it's so Neil Warnock. The whole, it's only about a minute long is the clip. It's him addressing Joe Roop, who is a Sheffield United fan, I found out, which makes it slightly less weird because it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Neil Warnock has done these for various sports people over the years. He's just thought, I'm going to send much, one. How much? It, does it stop at sports? People? I tell you, Def Leppard, I think you're, you're, you're the greatest tour. Absolutely fantastic. But that drummer, I, I still don't know how, how he does it. I say sometimes uh, when uh, when Paddy, when the, the ball goes past him, I say, I'll tell you what, chop one of your arms off. You might be a better goalkeeper like that guy in uh, the, the guy in the leopard. The leopard. <laughs> the leopard. That's how he knows him. Yeah. Just, just guessing, aren't you? Anyway, let's have a listen to this. Oh, Sheffield's weird. Have a listen. Well, Joe, I just want to, I'm really proud to be able to say to you, you know, congratulations on your 100th test. I mean, it's unbelievable, um, especially coming from Yorkshire, a blade. I love watching your place and then everybody writes you off and tells everybody on telly, tells everybody else where you're going wrong and you don't give a damn. And that's best way to know. You do your own thing. You haven't done a bad job so far. So congratulations. You helped me out a couple of weeks ago when you that second test in Sri Lanka. Uh, we got beat heavily. We got a bad decision refereeing. I couldn't sleep Sunday night and I got up at four o'clock. I couldn't to watch the test match. What a good day's play. Cheered me right up. So once again, congratulations. So now there's another hundred to come. And if you get a chance, pop up to see us up here. You'll enjoy a day out up here uh, on me. And I uh, look forward to meeting you. Well done, son. He's talking about himself again there, isn't he? He's projecting all that about himself. He's making Neil Warnock is making it about himself. Pair of us, we're both well, top of the field, aren't we? World-class pair of us. Yeah. But with the added distinction that he's talking to Joe Root as if he's nine. <laughs> you, did, you, you did really well in that test match, didn't you? I tell you what, you could come up and have a little visit to Middlesbrough. I'll take you on a tour. Ground the chemical works. I'll, <laughs> I'll be paid for it. It'll, it'll all be on me. And then, and then maybe you could invite me to your house. She's probably a lot nicer than mine, and uh, you've probably got a lot more money than me. Maybe you could take me out for dinner as well. Because I've taken you to Middlesbrough against Blackburn. Maybe you could take me and Sharon and the kids. We could all you could fly us all out to Sri Lanka for a test on time, and maybe maybe Mackay boys they can come and all and Paddy uh, and pa- Browning. Paddy's always at a loose end. Tongi and uh, he's never Jag- been abroad. Jags is going to retire at the end of the season too. So we could if you want to pay for all, if you want to pay for all of us to come out and have. I don't know, three or four weeks in Sri Lanka, all inclusive. Because uh, you got to remember, I did put you in a box for for that Blackburn game. So I mean, it, it was it was quite good, wasn't it? If you think about a it, it's fantastic, isn't it? Really, Christ! Right, is that everybody this week? Unless we're just going to put scouts in as a whole, but I mean, it'd be harsh, wouldn't it? Adam Pope was here last week. He seemed all right. Yeah, Everton did beat us. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't really called for the concept of Liverpool. Is that? And on top of that, of course, you would have seen that tweet that did the rounds of them saying that no club has suffered more than Liverpool from the lockdown and the absence of fans. I mean, Christ, we do indulge in exceptionalism about Leeds United, but they are special at it. They're such a special club. The, the tweets about them being unbeaten with fans <laughs> at, at Anfield for however many years. When I saw that, I assumed it was a self-aware, ironic joke. No, no. Like Because they'd lost... You know, they're just going, ah, well, it, it, wouldn't it be funny if us as Scousers were saying this? But it, no, they absolutely genuinely believe that's a thing, don't they? Scenes, I know, scenes. And, and I, mind I also, you, better than that, we're unbeaten in the Premier League in front of crowds for 16 years. I mean, that it, the record stands up, doesn't it? And I, I enjoyed as well the um, the game against Man City when they, they let all the fireworks off to cheer on. The, we're going to go and help the lads all let some fireworks off. And it was a draw at that point and lost 4-1. 
which I think says a lot about the impact that the crowds might have had if they'd been in yeah, Anfield. They probably would have lost. It feels right. It feels right. Let's give it to Liverpool. But it, it's a it's a soft award this week. It's not the... Good luck with your recovery, Adam, yeah. for sure. It's not... Despite... It's not laced with vitriol this week, the Ken Bates Villainy Award. It's, it's a soft underarm ball to the city of Liverpool. Is that right? Hey, that's free cricket ball. Let's... Let's talk about the Andy Hughes Hero Award then, the other side of this particular coin. Somebody who's done good in the last seven days. Some nominations, please. Bournemouth Football Club. They're going down the route we thought they would. They've got rid of their manager. Johnny Woodgate was already there. And they've got a, an experienced old professional in to help them. Who happens to live locally. He does. And I mean, Harry Redknapp was there 83 to 92 when I looked it up. Does he still know the club? I mean, he knows what it's like for the club to be torn apart by Leeds fans on a bank holiday weekend. He was in charge when we won promotion there and dismantled the town. So And relegated them. If he, uh, if that's an experience, probably still playing on his mind. Probably the first thing he fucking said to Johnny Woodgate, wasn't it? Oh, I remember you. <laughs> you and your like. They've not com- quite completed the journey through to where we think they're going to end up, which is the inevitable appointment of Frank Lampard. If he doesn't... If Arsenal cons- don't get there first. Yeah, but if he doesn't consider the job beneath him as well, because he might. At this point, he thinks, no, I've got Premier League currency in the bank. I'm, I'm not dropping down to that. But, you know, if Uncle Larry has a word. Contract at the end of the season written all over it, isn't it? It's like, well, I, I see my future in the Premier League, but I see an opportunity to help out a club. I think I can I can really do something for Bournemouth between now and uh, now and May. I'm and just, I could really um, take them to defeat in the playoffs. It's, it's actually, do you know why it's written in the stars? Because I'm just looking at the table. They currently lie sixth five points clear of the teams beneath them, albeit Blackburn in eighth have got a game in hand, but would still leave them um, way short. Could he still relegate them? Well, well, no, but what better place for Frank Lampard to finish than sixth in the championship and fail to get promoted? That's what he does. Meanwhile, Wayne Rooney's relegating Derby County further down the division. I mean, maybe once we're safe in the Premier League, we just start watching the championship. There's just the slow motion car crash that's going on. It's a year yesterday, isn't it, since the whole... um, we turned our lives around at Nottingham Forest. That is true. Do you know, there's a fact that we've still won more championship games than them since that point. And credit to Johnny Cooper for that fact. Do you think Woodgate wants this job? Because he's got some experience there, hasn't he, as a manager? And if he does, he's wrong to trust Harry Redknapp on this because he said that he gives he gives that advice and he's been there and done it. He's a really good guy who I know I can trust. He's setting up his bloody nephew for this job. <laughs> can In we... the background, he will be dripping poison saying, Okay, now good. I was just going to say, can we hear from Harry? That's what we want to hear. We want to, we want to hear what he said in his voice. Well, he actually said, he said, uh, Johnny, we'll get play on him and he's a great lad. He asked me to come in for a few days and watch some train. That's where we're around the place for a few days. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's lost his fucking job and Lampard's <laughs> driving up. Uh, and, well, he said that he's spoken to Harry quite a bit as Woodgate um, at his press conference on Monday. He's been given advice because he's been there and done it. He's a good guy. He knows he can trust him. Can't trust him. <laughs> you cannot trust him. Do not trust him. Yeah, I'll give him my bank card. He said he was going to go get some McDonald's. It's and and he is trustworthy, uh, financially speaking, Terry Redknapp. And anyone who says otherwise is a disgusting liar. I mean, his dog's set up for life, didn't he? Very financially prudent dog. That um, Harry Redknapp always does all right. Anyway, doesn't he? Let's be fair on that. He does tend to come up um, smelling of roses, doesn't he? On a personal level, he is fine financially. What else has he been saying? Because there's an anecdote that's here on the sheet that I've not heard before. So can you share it, please, Harry? I came across this trying to find if he'd said anything about this Bournemouth job. And I came across the most confusing Cockney anecdote 
I've ever seen. I don't know what any of it truly means. The the, the last line is amazing. <laughs> I love it. It feels like every Cockney anecdote should end Can with I just, these words. Let me just, um, let's do like a word cloud before we get into this. Bucky's runner, paper boy, trilby hat. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, old girls on our street. Black Mariah, which is an old, like it's a police van, isn't it? That uh, police station. Dinner's in the oven. Uh, three tuppenny doubles. Standard bet. Some old girls. Illegal. Rape. Did we do the old girls? Rage right. some old girls. Just read it, Harry. My name was the Bucky's one of our street men. He'd sure with a paper boy. He'd have been 60 odd, but we still called him the paper boy. He had a little trilby hat on. Always a suit and tie. And he'd come out of our names and she'd take the bets off the old girls in our street and then she'd drop them in his bag. And I used to come home from school for dinner. My name was being taken up popular police station in a Black Mariah because it was illegal. I was six or seven, eight years age and she Saying dinner's in your oven, boy. I'll only be one hour. I'll get see her now. The police officer taking her away. But she'll be back in an hour the next day and do the same thing. Three tootly doubles and a tootly treble. That was a standard bet. It was all illegal. No betting shops in them days. So the only way to get a result was to get around a radio in the evening. <laughs> Which, this, what the fuck is that? <laughs> the very, the bit I was referring to at the start that, that summed it all up is it was all illegal. I feel like but it was a great laugh. <laughs> Better like, days, the craze was there. Three quarters of anecdotes <laughs> from, from Cockney 60s London end up with it. Well, it was all eagle, of course. But then the only way to get the results was to sit around the radio in the evening. Makes me think that the question must have been, you know, so you didn't have the internet in the old days. How did you keep up with the football? Well, my own nan. <laughs> she was arrested. I think it was about horse racing, but Christ. <laughs> it's a fantastic anecdote. Thanks for that, Harry. Who else would we like to nominate for hero ship? Ron. Merci. Ron. Stad Ron. Stad Ron. Uh, we've had their uh, Le Pantalons down, haven't we, over Rafa? Yeah, he's done well. He's done well for us there, and they've done badly, which is a shame for him. And good work, Victor, for getting that deal done, and the characters who operate in the background to get our transfers sorted. Merci, Ron. I am, um, again, this is in the match report that I've written about the Crystal Palace game. He was twice as good for Ron as he has been for us so far. Statistically, his averages were six attempted dribbles per game and he was succeeding slightly more of them. He's about 50% uh, successful and half a nutmeg per match was his average in the French League last season, which he brought into his first few games for them this season. He kept that up very consistent, but his megs per 90 minutes for us so far is 0.14 and he's only on three attempted dribbles per match. So he could be as good as he is. He could be that good again for us to approach the form he was in at Ron. I mean, the other side of this is that Lee Gann is a fucking joke and it's an absolute piece of piss. And he just, he's, he's walking past players like Gary Cahill every single day. But it does also suggest he, he could actually be even better. There's more to come. I'd like to nominate him, actually, as uh, Hero of the Week. Old, uh, old Rafa, because he's just dead good and he's bringing, he is genuinely just bringing me joy. There was we'll, a bit. Uh, nominate Gary Cahill because he's just dead. There was a little shot of Rafa. I think it was just after he killed Cahill, actually. There was a shot of him about to take that free kick. And it was very sort of cinematic looking with the behind him. I just thought, God, he's a fucking superstar. Look at him. With his hair of a dickhead. Oh, I love his hair. By the way, did you see any of the, um, the Super Bowl? You see, did you see the. Um, no, I'm not asked about the, the sport, but I caught a bit of it. And the on-pitch camera that they had was so good. And I think it was probably an 8K camera, something like that. Ridiculously high resolution. And the depth on it, like people who were stood 
six feet behind the subject were blurred in the background like that you know that bokeh effect that you can do on your phone when you take a photo mm. absolutely spectacular I'd like to see Rafinha framed like that he deserves to be he is a proper superstar in our team which is famously not particularly a superstar team we just have Calvin Phillips doing really well and Bamford doing things for the team and then we have Rafinha just trying to win and be the best footballer in the world in the space of about a month that was the other statistically interesting aspect of his performance against Palace more pressing actions than Dallas or Click or Harrison. He's doing bits. So he was he was he's working great. harder defensively than those lazy, lazy <laughs> bastards that yeah. he's uh, showing up. And I think what we're realising with Rafinha is that the rest of our team, rubbish. And credit to Pat Bamford, who scored his 100th career goal. And he's got 38 of those for us in 93 games. He's getting towards a one-in-two man, which I would like to see him at that level. Just in time for his retirement. Well fucking done, Chelsea. <laughs> you had a player there, what was it, 10 years ago? Seven, well, yeah, he probably did leave Forest for Chelsea at about 17. Absolutely fucked him up for a decade. And now he's finally in the Premier League where he probably should have been all along. Why didn't they just fucking sell Drogba, Bamford in the team, they would never be in the absolute shocking state they are now. I'm glad, even if it has come, that we are benefiting from the absolute shit show they've made of his career through no fault of his own. And Calvin. Calvin Phillips, 200 games up. Another nice round number that came out of the uh, the Crystal Palace victory. It's good, isn't it? I like players getting hundreds of appearances. And he's got some key people in his sights now as well, appearance-wise. He's gone, same as Albert Johansson, one off Brian Dean, but then of the title winning midfield you've got Strachan on 254 you've got to think he's if, as long as he stays he's going to get past that quite easily That's and like then, what two seasons yeah exactly and Gary Mack 295 speed 312 and batty 373 so still a fair way for that but it's good to see him having some kind of legendary players in sight and Bowyer on 265 as well who was a player that I kind of imagined playing for us for about a decade Gary Kelly 531 bit of a push fair way to go Ilan Melier will get there he can play 50 games a year for the next 20 years Buffon's still going, isn't he? And in non-football news, we need to give a nod in the direction of Olivia Smart, who's been doing good things uh, on the football field and off the football field. Is a footballer, plays for Leeds United, and is there was some controversy about whether it was the first vaccine at the Elland Road Pavilion. I saw the re- replies to it because she was um, um, in the news for administering the first official one to, the, to members of the public, and there was a lot of replies from people saying, well, my granddad had it down there last week, so I don't know what they're talking about the first one. And then people replying that, saying, well, how come your granddad's had it? We need and there was one that, that did take it to the point of, we need to find out why your granddad has had the the, the vaccine last week, as if there was going to be, you know, you could feel the uh, the torches being lit and we're all off to find, to, to hunt out the person who had a, a misapplied vaccine. But they were, they were open for key workers and people who qualified before, but now it is open to the public and... I mean, we're giving credit to Rafinha, Calvin Phillips, Pat Bamford, Leeds United footballers, but none of them are actually getting their hands dirty. Well, hopefully, hopefully a liver is keeping her hands very clean if she's uh, <laughs> administering vaccines. God, I hope so. Reusing I, the needle, she is. <laughs> she's, um, she's been there for years. She was, when I used to watch the uh, Leeds lady, she was in the team then and is a good player and a good doctor. Good, good is, human. Uh, yeah, generally, it's hard to fault somebody who's actually working hard to try and get us out of a pandemic because all this is um, voluntary. She is NHS staff, works as um, works in their transplant team, team, I believe, as the as the job. But this is then extra on top of that is I'll wow. just go to the vaccination centres 
um, and has been going to people's homes. She was saying in the interview to people who are hard to reach to get the vaccine into them to make sure that they're safe. Just that one needle as well. That's, that is remarkable. <laughs> it's remarkable. 18,000 a week off one needle. Crikey. Calvin. I mean, Calvin did go and have a photo shoot down there, but he didn't fucking... Uh, that's the important bit, isn't it? He, <laughs> he didn't actually stick any vaccine into anybody's arms. Uh, is it arms? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, get him there. And uh, if you if you can't make the game next Sunday or whenever it is, he needs to retrain and go and give uh, live a hand. I mean, the one good thing to come from all these vaccines being administered at Ellen Road is that finally the 5G will be fucking amazing. Who's your hero of the week? Gary Cahill. Farewell. Just as a tribute to him. In, memor- in memoriam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He bravely served his country and now he's sadly passed away. I would like it to be the last of him because having mentioned that on the match ball last night, I struggled to place his face. Even this morning when I was writing about that game, I, I have to think so hard to to identify him I seem to have some weird mental block about Gary Cahill so if he could just remove himself from everything now and I, I won't have to worry about it anymore it's true that because you know that jealous girlfriend meme where the boy's turning around and looking at the other girl I saw a version of that with Rafinha on both girls heads and Gary Cahill was the boyfriend in the middle I went oh is that what he looks like no idea <laughs> Played got about 50 England caps it's watch. mad isn't it don't watch them no. <laughs> he's he's just um He's like a blank. so <laughs> Like the Slender Man or something like that. Right, um, he's your hero of the week then, is he? Good. Yeah, never mind the vaccinating 18,000 people at, at the pavilion. What good's that going to do anybody? It didn't save Gary Cahill's life, did it? No. Yeah, rest in peace, Gary. Rest in peace. That's it for this week then. Full digital access to the magazine. All our podcasts add free. Early access to the match ball plus the extra ball for you all in one podcast feed that's the squareball.net forward slash plus if you want to get on board with tsb plus our subscription package the squareball.net forward slash plus we'll see you next time bye the squareball podcast mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market